Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Friday Shootaround, your K-State basketball show. Presented by Booth Creek Wagyu. Now let's go to the Flint Hills, home of GPC's Hidden Studio. Here's your host, Ryan Gilbert. Welcome in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. As mentioned, he's Clint Stewart, former K-State guard, Kansas State, coming off of three consecutive losses, two of which on the road, and now most recently a home loss to Oklahoma. We'll dive into what's been going wrong for Kansas State, maybe some perspective from Clint as to how Kansas State can snap out of this funk, but there's no there's no question that this has been about as – as about, about as bad of a, of a stretch that we've seen from Jerome Tang at Kansas State. Still plenty of time to, to turn things around. Clint, before we break, uh, break this down, a quick message from our sponsor, Booth Creek Wagyu. From the tailgate to the back deck, remember to elevate your grilling this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Their ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Okay, Clint, um, I think we've got to first touch on the loss from, I guess, you know, we have two, two games to break down. So obviously we'll get to Oklahoma um, here in just a little bit. But the Houston loss from Saturday, I know this one's a, a little dated now. Nobody wants to talk about this one or even think about this one. Um, but what was your just biggest takeaways from, from that game at the time? Was it more of, of thinking, okay, Houston's just that, that good, let's not panic, or was it okay, K-State's got some issues. Were you, were you uh, hitting the panic button yet after this game? Well, I, you know, we knew going in it was going to be a hard game, you know, um, on the road and at Houston. I thought uh, Coach Sampson did a great job of having their guys ready to play. And um, it felt like everything was tough uh, offensively for us. I mean, they, uh, they did a good job of um, just locking in on our guys, protecting the paint, uh, making, you know, making us take some tough shots. Uh, which we knew they would, you know, and, and obviously they play well at home. And, and, and so for that game, I felt like, you know, if we go on the road and win that one, it's it's almost like it's a steal, you know. And so, um, you know, but, uh, you know, we obviously weren't weren't favored to go in and win on the road. And so, um, you know, it's a couple of things we could have done better. You know, obviously got to take care of the basketball better. I think that's been one of the Achilles heel for for part of the, you know, large part of the season. Um, but I wasn't too worried. I uh, just know it and you know, kind of where that game was placed and, and who we're playing against. And, um, you know, it was going to be a tough game. You know, if we played our best game, it was going to be a tough game to win on the road. Was that sort of the standard for what it, it looks like for the best defensive team in college basketball? Was that the standard? I know Jerome Tang said that that might have been 
the best defensive team that he had ever seen. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, the, what, what they do on the ball and how hard they, their guys play at, at all times, um, like I said, just make everything tough and hard hard to <laughs> score the basketball, you know. And so, um, you know, and then when you play them at home and, and they have their home crowd behind them as well, um, they feed off of that energy. And, and so we saw them feed off of that energy. And that's what makes it tough. Not, you know, you'd hope if, if you get them, you're either get them at your place at home or on a neutral court. Um, so maybe it's a little bit level playing field, but um, it's a tough, tough win to go in there and win on the road. K-State's treating it like a one-game season. They're not going to dwell on it. They're not going to put too much stock into it. So maybe we should just do the same and, and move on uh, and talk about this game against Oklahoma from Tuesday. Coming into this one, Kansas State had lost two in a row. You're back home. Okay, let's get things right. And then the Wildcats don't score a point for the first eight-plus minutes of the game. I think they flirted with a comeback throughout the second half, but they were never even really within arm's length of Oklahoma. I think that the fact that this game was at home kind of gave you, you know, the crowd got going. Um, you got a sense of, okay, this team can come back, but I think it was a false, um, you know, hope, right? Like Kansas state really didn't have much of a chance to win this game. Credit to Oklahoma. I mean, you know, Iowa state's one of the best defensive teams just in terms of creating turnovers and being aggressive, denying the ball. Obviously Houston's tremendous and, you know, Oklahoma is not as good defensively probably as those two, but I, I was very uh, – I thought Porter, Motors, Porter Moser's squad did some really good things to, to frustrate Kansas State. Yeah, they did. And, and, and anytime you go a stretch, you know, obviously start the game or even in the middle of the game um, where it takes you eight, nine minutes to, to score the basketball, um, I mean, it's tough to win, you know, and, and credit, you know, Porter and, and his guys. Um, I thought they did a good job, you know, on us. I would have liked to have seen – uh, you know, I, I thought we maybe settled a little bit too much from the outside um, as far as shooting shooting threes when they weren't falling, you know, but at the same time, we make some of those, you know, it could be a different basketball game. And then, you know, I still feel like, uh, you know, we, we have to make some outside shots, I think, uh, for us to, to to win. And so I understand, you know, why we shot 28, you know, you, you just hope you don't go four for 28 in, in the game and um, you got to be able to make some, you know, but, you know, one of the areas I think uh, for K-State that, that's really important is, you know, Arthur Kaluma is so in, in, important for us and, and needing him to play well. Um, and, and against Oklahoma, he had eight shots and five of them were threes, you know, and I think at his size and at his ability to, to get into the paint and be able to shoot even turnaround jumpers uh, or get to the rim, I think, you know, we have to utilize that. He has to be looking for those opportunities because um, that's when I think he can really be at his best. And the three-point shot for him um, is like icing on the cake. You know, once he gets in there a few times and scores it, it just opens up everything else for him. So uh, we just got to be – aware and conscious of making sure that he's getting some really good touches and really good opportunities, uh, I think, uh, inside the arc as well. Overall, with the offense, are you concerned, like, and this is just through my lens, I'm not a coach, I'm not a you know, real expert like you, Clint, so I, I don't want to say the offense is broken, but it just seems as if there's not enough movement, there's not enough screens, um, and you're <clears throat> system like that. That's kind of what you, you've got to do. You've got to be nonstop moving. Am I wrong? Yeah, you know, and I think you used that word expert a little lightly, uh, please, because uh, not, not too, too, too far there yet. But, um, you know, the, the, the more movement you have, you know, obviously when you, when you move the defense, you get the ball moving side to side, you create closeouts, um, you create opportunities for driving angles. Um, and, you know, that, and that might help our guys, you know, a little bit more 
um, of getting downhill or, or getting to penetration kick opportunities. Um, you know, but it's it's also it's hard. You know, a, a lot of the game plan. You know, when you're when you're going up against an opponent, is you're trying to figure out. Uh, you know, what puts our, our team in the best uh, situation to, to be successful. And sometimes it's you're trying to take advantage of certain matchups, you know, and that might slow the game down from a ball movement standpoint because you're trying to get a certain matchup that you think that we could uh, exploit, uh, whether that be in the ball screen with their bigs and how they guard the ball screens or whether it be how they guard off ball screens. And, you know, we want to get our best players in, in some down screen action. Um, and, and so it's it's always a – uh, you know, as, as a coach, you always have to kind of have both sides of the coin between, you know, how much just ball movement do we want? We're playing, but the ball's, you know, really hopping and we're, and we're getting shots that way versus how much do we want to try to isolate, you know, certain matchups that we think that we can exploit that they will help us win the basketball game. Who do you want to see as the volume scorers, or excuse me, the volume shooters on this team? Um, you know, like David Gasson, for example, he's recently started to let it go from beyond the arc. I'm not sure, Clint, if that's a, a recipe for success. So you touched on it just a few minutes ago. You got to hit open shots, right? You got to you got to yeah. first, you know, take open shots too. You can't be shy. You can't be timid. You got to be aggressive playing in the Big Twelve. Uh, who, you know, a couple guys here. I'm sure who 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 needs to be the the volume shooters for Kansas State. Well, I think, you know, obviously we need, um, you know, Tyler Perry continued to be aggressive, you know, in certain spots of the game. Um, you know, I, you know, I think for him, it's, it's just making sure he's taking some good, good shots and, and, you know, and not a lot of tough ones. Um, so we definitely need him to, to score the basketball. Uh, I mentioned Arthur and Arthur, you know, I think he's a guy that, you know, when I look at the game against Oklahoma, you know, eight shots and five threes, um, you know, I think we, we, he needs to be shooting at least 12 to, to 13 times a game, you know, and if he's really filling it, maybe even a few more than that. Um, so I think yeah. we got to find a way to just, you know, he has to have the ball and then he has to be aggressive and, and to, get, to get to those spots. And then obviously we know what Cam Carter can do. And so uh, he's got to stay aggressive as well. You know, when it comes to Gasson, um, you know, I, there, there's a, a certain – piece and I don't know you know from practice wise how many extra shots are is he getting up to, to you know prove that he could make the outside shot and obviously try to translate that to the game um, but there is also a, a certain element to it where you know when you have a guy like him who maybe they you know other teams say hey we're not going to guard you know that's where you really try to push him to making a shot or two and you let him shoot one you know because if he could make one then it could really <laughs> change the other team's defensive strategy you know which which will help everyone else on the floor as well you know now you don't want him to all right go out there and shoot five you know unless you're unless you make four then, all right, you can shoot the fifth you know but um you know I, I think it's okay for him to, to 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 shoot at least one you know but he has to be able to shoot it with confidence and he has to make sure he's putting it putting in the work and practice so he's prepared to go uh, step up and shoot with confidence in the game was K-State locked in? Um, no points for the first eight-plus minutes of that game. Was that just Oklahoma's defense being that good? Was it K-State just simply not executing? Was it maybe something deeper? Uh, Jerome Tang mentioned that that uh, Will McNair was not locked in, and, and Jerome Tang took the blame you know, for that, for not having him in a position to succeed. But was this more of a, you know, a lack of focus early on against Oklahoma, or was it you know, K-State just not being able to execute? Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was, you know, lack of focus and, and you know, and, and like I said, from a coaching standpoint, you know, um, you know, the insides would have a lot, lot more say in that. And as far as how their, how their guys are, or were they, you know, prepared the right way or were they locked into the game plan or locked into just playing that day, you know, maybe they had some other stuff going on. Um, 
But <laughs> I, I mean, I, I give credit to, you know, I thought OU did a, a good job, you know, early on and, and contesting shots. And, and um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, some of the shots we had, you know, just, they just didn't fall. And then, you know, whether you want to contribute that to being locked in or you want to contribute, contribute it to just, just didn't make shots, you know, and then, um, you know, I see that, uh, you know, it's a lot at the high school level, you know, our kids are putting in extra shots and, um, you know, and then they're open to the game and sometimes they fall and sometimes they don't, you know, and, and you just got to kind of live with it, but you got to keep them in good spirits about it, you know, and, and understand that they have to continue to put in the work so they can make those shots when, when the moment comes, they're ready for that moment. So um, I think that the hardest piece about it is, you know, when you're at home, you, you, you really don't think that you'll go through a drought of, you know, starting a game, you know, eight minutes without scoring or any point in the game, you know, when you're at home, you know, you say, okay, on the road, maybe at Houston, that might happen, you know, but at home, that, that's something you just don't, you know, you, as a coach, I'm sure coach Tang and then the staff didn't even fathom that that would happen, you know? And so um, at that point in time, you know, they, they have to obviously adjust and, and get the guys back focused and got to figure out a way to continue to play with confidence and, and, and get the ball in the basket. Um, as our number one fan, uh, Robert, would say I remember every time and I'm sure he sure still does this as we got off the bus or off the plane wherever we were at and he was there he'd say put the ball in the basket put the ball in the basket says that's simple just put the ball in the basket so um you got to put the ball in the basket to, to put points on the board and to score it and then hopefully we can do that a little bit better in our next game I guess you know kids nowadays are just wearing headphones and they're not getting you know they're playing music they're not getting Robert's messages are they <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is true uh, Clint, I was doing a radio show here um, right before we recorded this, um, and I was asked about the the bench for Kansas State, and it really dawned on me uh, how how difficult it might be to to get some consistency from that area when you have so many guys that you know play twelve minutes this game and then don't play the next game. And Clint, I know that you're going to say that you've got to lock in and and treat every game as if you are going to play. Um, prepare and practice the walkthrough, all that stuff. Um, you know, even when the game, you know, the opening tip, you got to think, okay, I'm next up. This is going to be my time. But, you know, Michaela Britz didn't play against Oklahoma. There's been games, RJ Jones not seeing the court. You know, Taj Manning, who played a lot against Oklahoma, you know, earlier on in conference play, wasn't seeing the court at all. And so, you know, I get your point. I'm not trying to, you know, disagree with you or anything like that, Clint, but it's got to be frustrating. Um, you know, K-State's not maybe getting the production that it needs from its bench, and it's probably a little difficult for these guys to, to you know, find some consistency um, and blend in with the rest of the offense, right? Yeah, well, and that's that's a tough part. And then you, you factor in that a lot of the guys that are um, coming off the bench for us are, are younger guys, right? And, and so, um, you know, that, that just puts another element into it because they haven't been um, in this type of situation before. You know, when you think about – uh, coming from high school to, to to college, obviously you go from being the man and playing, you know, the 32, you know, if you have a really good player and they're playing all 32 high school minutes in, in the game, um, or at least 30 out of 32, and then they, they get into the college realm and all of a sudden, you know, they're trying to figure out where, where they got to get opportunities um, and, and how consistent are those opportunities going to be, you know, and so it takes some adjustment for them for sure. And, and, um, you know, I think that's kind of what we're seeing, you know, and that's what makes it hard for, for young kids. You know, obviously when you have a, a more mature player that's that might be a junior or a senior, they've already kind of done this, you know, or you kind of understand and, and understand the moment and, and getting out there and performing. And so guess what? They might get a little bit more consistent minutes 
um, or they're just ready, you know, ready when that opportunity ri- arises. So just got to continue to, you know, try, try to help those young guys and, and let them know, hey, you got to stay ready. You got to stay ready. You got to stay ready. Um, and hopefully when that moment comes, you know, that they're ready to, to step up and knock down a shot. You know, we saw RJ Jones do that uh, several games ago. Um, I think maybe Baylor game, um, you know, made a big shot at the end. And, and so they just got to be ready, you know, and it's 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 easier said than done. Um, but, um, you know, when you're a high level, uh, division one, uh, power five athlete, uh, that's the expectation, you know, and so I've uh, just got to keep them confident. In it. I don't want to say that <clears throat> the road win at West Virginia is negated, but in the big 12, you got to protect your home court and then try to steal some away from Manhattan. Obviously K-State did that in Morgantown. Um, but now I guess that's probably one of the more frustrating parts of this loss, not only with just the final score and the way it kind of unfolded, but that win against West Virginia, now you're back to 500 and you kind of lost that little advantage that you sort of had um, after that two and zero start with including one win on the road. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you, you never want to lose at home. You have to protect the home court. Um, and, and coach Tang, I'm sure, you know, is, is preaching that to, to our guys and, and um, you got to come out and ready and then you got to just fuel, uh, uh, feel the energy from the crowd and, 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 you know, really play at a higher level um, as you should at, at home. And so um, it is a disappointing, you know, it's a disappointing loss and hopefully uh, we can learn from it and, and our guys can bounce back uh, the right way and, and obviously got to protect home and then got to go win a few on the road as well. And, and, you know, I think coach tank still has that, that number, what eight and eight, you know, or in the big 12, you know, so got to try to get to eight wins um, and, and then obviously everything after that is, is just even better. But um, it definitely hurts us for sure. Clint, let's go ahead and take a quick break here. Um, in the second half, we can start to dive into the next couple of games. You've got Oklahoma State on Saturday and then KU on Big Monday. That's a quick turnaround, but I don't want to say the term must win or anything like that. But, you know, there's a lot of basketball left in this season, but you've got to turn things around quickly or, or else your resume – your standings in the Big 12, it's just going to start to fall and plummet. So these are two important games for Kansas State coming up next. But quick, uh, a quick break here on the shoot-around. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the show. Let's head back to the studio. All right, Clint. um, Before we dive into things here, um, we've got to give another another shout out to our sponsor, Booth Creek Wagyu. Um, let's go ahead and hear a message from them. From the tailgate to the back deck, remember to elevate your grilling this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Their ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Pitts has left me in charge of producing this whole thing. And so I, I'm still learning how to push these buttons and get into a rhythm here. But, Clint, I appreciate you bearing with me. Uh, real quick, before we dive into this team, dude, I was in, uh, I was in Wichita last Friday it's, as I saw Sunrise play against Colorado Prep and had a chance to talk with David Castillo. If you haven't um, seen that interview, it's up on Disco Powercat YouTube channel. Um, and I just, Clint, I can't say enough about the, the young man that he's turned into. 
I know I had a chance to, to speak with you and him at his commitment in Bartlesville back in April. Um, but I think that, that you just deserve a shout out because I know you've been such a mentor in his life and he really has turned into a fine young man. And despite this losing streak, K-State's in and all that, you know, Jerome Tang is the head coach and David Castillo is, is still a, a signee for the Wildcats. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for him and just, you know, I'm excited for him to get up there and in, in Manhattan. And I know he's um, obviously excited about the opportunity and then just trying to prepare himself the best that he can. Um, so when he walks on campus in, in the summertime, um, you know, he, he's ready to learn, uh, ready to take in everything he can to, to be the best player that he can be. So, um, you know, I, I love the young man. And, and like I said, I, I speak to him um, for sure on a you know, kind of bio, you know, every other week or so, just kind of checking in on him and uh, making sure everything's good with him. And uh, I actually sent him a text just, just recently, um, you know, just checking in on him and, and things. And so uh, he, he's excited about the opportunity and, man, he's ready. He's ready to get to Manhattan. Um, you know, when he was there for the, I think the Baylor game, you know, he was just, just saying like, man, I did not know that it was this crazy <laughs> here, you know? And then, so, um, you know, he's just, he's just so excited that to play in front of the community, in front of the fans, in front of the alumni and, and the students and, uh, you know, he bleeds purple. I'm sure you were trying to tell him like this, you know, very much Coliseum, it's special, <laughs> man. Like just wait, but until you really do experience it, words, uh, could just cannot describe what it's like, the, the home court advantage that Kansas state has. Yeah, you know, and our student section does such a great job and the community comes out and supports and, um, you know, that, that's what makes it such a fun place to play. Um, obviously, I have a lot of great memories there and uh, I'm looking forward to David uh, creating his own memories now. K-State 4-4 four and four in the Big 12, Clint. Um, Jerome Ting mentioned this after the OU game on Tuesday that, you know, they are 4-4 four and four in the best conference in America, so there's no real reason to hit the panic button um, and you treat every game like it's its own season. So losing three in a row is obviously tough, but I think deep down in the staff's mind, they don't view it like that. They've lost three games that happened to be in a row. If K-State was, you know, one and three to start Big 12 play, and then they win three in a row, get to four and four, I don't think we're having this sort of discussion. And you look at social media, you know, people are panicking. Where's your level of concern? Are you are you really over the top, uh, you know, concerned with this K-State team? Or do you think that things are going to be just okay and K-State had a rough stretch? They'll be all right. Well, I think I think a lot's going to be said in these next few games. You know, I think going on the road uh, to Stillwater uh, at OSU, a team that that's obviously been kind of reeling the, the whole uh, whole year. They have one win in the Big Twelve. Um, you know, KU just obviously you know beat them, beat them pretty handily uh, recently. Uh, that's a big game for us because um, you know you want to go to five and four uh, before you know we come back home and, and play KU, and so. Um, and have a chance to go six and four. You know, you drop the next two games, you're sitting at four and six. That's that's a totally different spot. So, um, you know, I, I don't think there's a panic button yet, but I do think, you know, uh, the game on, on Saturday is a game that we need to go win, you know, and we need to uh, play well. You know, they, they did everything they could, and they had an opportunity to beat us, you know, at, at our place. And so, you know, they're going to be ready and, and uh, believe that they can, you know, get a win against us. So uh, we'll see how that goes, you know, and then obviously coming back home against KU and, and uh you know, if you ask me on Tuesday, I might I might be able to give you a more uh, definite answer to, to, right? to that question. Yep. I don't know, um, Clint, how much, you know, research you've done on Oklahoma State or anything like that, but we've already seen them once inside of Bramage where they gave K-State a run for its money. Do you think this is a good game? Um, obviously, you look at sort of the mental, you've got to have this one for the standings and all that, but just in terms of the X's and O's, um, Oklahoma State is a poor team. Let's not deny that. Is this one that lines up nice for K-State just on the court, the schematics of the game. Yeah, I think it's it's a it can be a get right game for us, you know, and, and 
Um, you know, it, it would be one that I'd be more worried about if we would have won, you know, our last two games. Uh, we're feeling really good. And then we start looking ahead to KU at home. You know, I, I could see us, um, you know, I'd be a little bit more worried about our focus. But the fact that, you know, we haven't won our, our last three with Iowa State, Houston and OU, um, I think our guys will be locked in and focused and, and hopefully we'll come out and play really well. So I look at it as a get right game, um, you know, but we're going to have to defend. I think uh, John Michael Wright's been shooting the ball really well for them. Bryce Thompson's been playing uh, pretty well um, for, for them as well. And, um, you know, I got a chance to watch. I didn't watch their game against KU, but I watched uh, – uh, the game before, and then they're, you know, they can make some shots. And then, and, and when they do that, any team, the big 12, any night can beat any team. So, um, you know, obviously at their place, you know, they're probably going to shoot it a little bit better. Um, and they shot it pretty well at ours. So uh, we're going to have to defend, have to guard and, and take care of the basketball. And then we got to make some shots and, and be aggressive offensively. And like I said, hopefully Arthur can get going for us. Cause I think he's a, a big key. Mike Boynton's a solid coach. Obviously it's been a frustrating year for the Cowboys, but, Regardless of the record, regardless of however many losses Oklahoma State has had this year, they're, I think he's going to have his guys locked in. I just don't see that that coach – Maybe I could be wrong. You don't know what's going on inside the locker room, but I think that this is just a test. It's going to be a testament to how no game in the Big 12 is, is going to be an easy one. There's no gimmies. The bottom is as good, really, I think, as it's ever been. And I think it's going to be frustrating for the committee to, to pick and choose which teams get in for the Big 12. Because, Clint, you can't have, you know, 12 teams of, of the 14 get in. You just can't have that, right, despite how good it is. Um, so maybe that does raise the the bar for K-State. Maybe you don't need to win nine. You need to win ten because uh, all the bubble teams win their games late and your wins only come against UCF, West Virginia. You don't get those quality wins. Obviously, that's a conversation for a later date. But right now, you've got to win this game against Oklahoma State. And I think the KU game – in my opinion, is equally as important. Now, this is the get-right game on the road in Stillwater. K-State couldn't have looked worse over the last three games. This is the perfect opportunity on the road against a weak opponent. But if you win it, I mean, it means nothing if you just go out and lose to Kansas at home on Monday. You can't defend your home court. That road win, it, it means nothing. It's like I said earlier about West Virginia. And so, obviously, the focus right now is on – Oklahoma State but both of these games uh, mean so much for this team and you just you can't get caught looking ahead Clint I know that they've got a few newcomers you know Tyler Perry's a, a transfer and he probably doesn't really grasp what it means to play KU but it's got to be in the back of your mind am I wrong or am I right <laughs> I don't know well, well as a former player I'm sure you had that circled on the calendar when you're going to play KU right well, yeah, I mean, you, you know when that game is, and uh, it's a, it's obviously a, a fun environment, fun atmosphere, um, whether we're playing them at home in Manhattan or playing them on the road in Lawrence. Um, you know, you, you know what it entails, and, and you know what it means to um, K-State faithful, you know, as well. Um, and, and so, you know, you definitely have it circled. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll tell you, you know, from, from, from my thinking here, you know, one and one, and one is better than 0-2, and, and obviously 2-0 and o is better than 1-1. One and, and, and 0-2. So I think, you know, if you're K-State, you, you can't go 0-2 in these next two games. Um, you know, you, you definitely have to get one, um, whether that's the one on, on the road in Stillwater or the one at home against KU. Um, and then obviously, you know, uh, you prefer to get both, you know. And so, uh, but I, I, I still think, you know, let's say you go 1-1, one one, um, no matter which which game it is, you know, obviously a win against KU at home is a, is a bigger win than, than um and I think would be a, a I think it'd be a bigger win than a loss at on the road. It's, it's Stillwater, even though Stillwater is obviously one of the 
still OSU is one of the you know bottom Big Twelve teams, um, but it's a, it's an opportunity that you know you have to get one of these games. You want to get two. If you go zero and two, and then you get to four and six in the Big Twelve. Um, it really puts you in a situation where you're you're really trying to play catch up, you know, and so you don't want to play catch up. Um, if you go five and you're five and five, you're still kind of right there in, in the middle spot where you need to be um, to make a run, you know, at the end to, to get yourself into the tournament. So, um, you know, like I said, they're both big games. You know, we have to get one. We prefer to get two. We just got to make sure we do not go with two for sure. I mean, you've got the Big 12 doesn't let up. You got BYU twice. Texas is in there. TCU. Like, you know, there's a little stretch. I think there's West Virginia and Cincinnati back to back, which you're thinking, okay, that's that's an easy stretch. But other than that, it just it doesn't get any easier for this team. So at, at least you've got to get one and one. If if, if you're four and six, that's going to be a, a very deep hole to dig out of and, and try to get your resume good enough to make the big dance. But Jerome Tang last year, Clint, he he got up on the table after after K State beat KU and you know, grabbed the microphone and, and talked to the fans and just said, hey, this is not about beating KU. This is about us. You know, this is about the team in purple. That's why you came here. That's why we played hard, right? You know, that's why it, beating KU, it's not about the opponent. It's about K-State and what they were able to do. So I think that that probably, you know, I'm sure that message is shared in the locker room as well. So that probably helps with not putting too much emphasis on the KU game coming up. So maybe – Looking ahead, maybe there isn't much of a concern for K-State. Yeah, and, and, and I know from a, a player perspective, um, you know, you're going to follow uh, the coach. And so the coach is going to have them, you know, Tang's going to have them locked in, obviously, one game at a time. Um, and, and then locked into, you know, for them, KU is, um, even though it, you know, it's KU, it's another opponent on the schedule, just like every other opponent. We're going to prepare the way we always prepare and, and expect to go win when we step on the floor. Um, now, from a fan perspective, you know, I think it might be a little bit different, um, you know, and, and, and even though, like I said, they're showing up for, for the purple, we, you know, we, we know what the, uh, what it means in, in the state of Kansas, uh, the, the KU versus, uh, versus K-State. And, um, you know, and so it's just a fun game and it's fun atmosphere and, um, it's definitely one that you know from from an alumni and and, and fans that um, you know you want to you want to win that game. Um, and it's not saying oh that's the season. No, it's not the season, but it is one um, that, that obviously helps just propel the propel the team. Uh, you know, moving forward and um, you know one that you can really be proud of. Um, and, and then hope to see the team continue to excel and get better and, and, and uh, continue to win down the road. So um, it's an important game, like like you said. Um, you know, I think it's you know. From an alumni standpoint and then from a community standpoint, and I understand how important it is playing KU and, and especially like when we go to Lawrence, you know, we haven't won at Lawrence since 2006. Um, and so, um, you know, for K-State to, you know, when we get that opportunity and, you know, to win in Lawrence again and, and do that, I know it's going to be a huge deal, you know, and so, um, um, you know, and it's, it's fun. And that's because we, you know, as, as we know, we love K-State and we love to see them win. And it's no, no more fun than beating the, the rivals right down the road. So you beat, correct me if I'm wrong, you beat KU twice, right? One in Manhattan, one in Lawrence, correct? That's correct. Yep. yep. So Clint, those have got to be your best memories at K-State hands down, right? So, so yeah, winning, winning in Lawrence, um, and like I said, last team to do it in 2006, um, you know, it, it was just such an incredible uh, opportunity and an atmosphere. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you know, many, many probably do know this, but at the tip of those games uh, in Lawrence, KUK State, you cannot hear each other talking 
you know, right next to each other. I mean, it's so loud. Um, it was such a great environment at the end of that game, how quiet it was in the gym, uh, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, there's, uh, of course there's, there's memes of me, you know, going and popping my Jersey around and, and things of that nature. Um, so it was, it was just obviously a tremendous night. And, and then obviously beat him at home my senior year, uh, you know, Beasley's, uh, Beasley's year, Bill Walker and Jacob Pullen, um, you know, and I ended the streak, um, in, in Manhattan, you know, no one beats us 25 times in a row. Right. So, um, it was, uh, it was such a fun night and, uh, for me, it's it's extra special because uh, that was the last game that my mom was able to attend, uh, which was January 30th of 2008. She passed away on February 5th of that year. And so um, it's an extra extra special game for me and, and one that I obviously always remember. What was better, winning on the road? And, you know, you mentioned it, nobody, no K-State team has won there since, or the fact that you were able to break that streak at home and now K-State's had countless wins in Bramwich over KU. Yeah, you know, it's it's always fun having the chance to celebrate with uh, the, the people that support you, you know, and so being at home and, and celebrating, you know, on the court, you know, obviously the student section and, and fans rush the floor. Um, that, that's always just a great feeling. And for me, that's one that's always special, as I just mentioned, because uh, for my family, it was really special. And I actually got the game ball from, from that game from Coach Frank Martin, and I'm really appreciative of that. Um, you know, so I'd probably have to go with that one, but – you know, I also did, didn't understand or, or didn't realize that, you know, that the win at KU in 2006 would, would be the last one in, in, you know, what has it been, 17, 18 years, you know. So hopefully, um, you know, hopefully we can uh, not be the, the, the last ones and then here soon we'll we'll get that, that win again there in Lawrence. All right, Clint, to wrap things up, I know we've kind of touched on what needs to be corrected for K-State, but to summarize it best, how do you – how do you think K-State can stop this losing streak and get back in the win column? What needs to happen on the court for the Wildcats? Yeah, I mean, we've got to continue to take care of the basketball. We've got to rebound it a little better. I thought we've, we've been rebounding it well early on in the Big 12 and obviously early on in the season. And uh, here as of late, we've given up quite a bit of offensive rebounds, you know, and so we have to block out, uh, have to control the boards. I think that's really key for us. Um, and then we got to find ways, you know, when we're not making outside shots, find ways to – um, you know, get, get the ball in inside a little bit more from, from dribble penetration. I think we got to u- utilize Arthur's body and his ability uh, to get shots closer to the rim. And obviously, Cam Carter can can drive the basketball um, and use his uh, his athletic ability to to play above the rim. And so, um, just got to figure out ways to to score it when the outside shots not not going. And um, if we can do that, you know, then you put together. Uh, you know, some, some shots that do fall and, and, and you're doing those other things as well, then, then it makes for a really good game for us. So uh, we just got to make sure we're not one-dimensional and then we have multiple opportunities and, uh, to score the basketball. Um, and then we've got to keep defending, you know. Um, you know, I think defense for us, if we can lock in and, and guard, uh, that's going to give us the opportunity to win those games where maybe we don't shoot it as well as we would have liked. Uh, but so we got to guard it and finish plays. I don't know if Jerome Tang's listening or not, but – We'll see if he is. We'll see if they make those adjustments. We'll see if they do what Clint Stewart is telling them <laughs> right. to do. Uh, obviously, we'll be back next week on the Friday shoot-around. We'll break down the, the games over over Oklahoma State and KU. If there wins, we'll, we'll celebrate and, and uh, point out what K-State was able to do. If not, of course, if losses, we'll break down everything that went wrong for Kansas State. But, Clint, as always, man, I appreciate your time. Um, who knows? Maybe you'll get Fitz again next week, and I'll rain check. But I, I, I'm sure you like me better than Fitz, right? Come on. Oh yeah, for sure. Don't 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 uh, don't leave me with Fitz again, please. <laughs> All right. All right. I won't. <laughs> I will not. I will not do that to you, Clint. But I appreciate your time. Appreciate everybody listening, tuning in, um, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. This man. has been a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Production.
Please support this show by subscribing to this YouTube channel or follow us on your favorite podcast platform. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. Visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.